morning from the team here at 1.37 p.m. This is 7.31 a.m. Let's get the day going. What's going on, 1.37 p.m. family? Thank you for getting your day started with the 7.31 a.m. podcast. My name is Bo Templin. Co-hosting today with me is the incredible Charlie Colbrenner. Charlie, we missed you last week. How are you feeling? I'm finally on the up and up. I was uh, out. I was out with COVID last week, um, but I'm finally pretty symptom-free and able to work again. And I, I appreciate all everybody's help last week covering for me while I was out. Uh, very happy to hear that you're feeling better. We are ecstatic to have you back on the 7:31 AM podcast, Charlie. Today is Tuesday, August 9th. 2022. I had to do the show alone yesterday, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I missed the co-host. I've enjoyed my solo shows in the past, but I, I missed my co-host yesterday. It was, it was a crazy weekend. I was up in LA, bouncing back and forth. But excited to be doing the show with you today, and we have two great anniversaries slash birthdays that I'm excited, excited to share with. So let's do this one first. On this day, 1995, it is sad. But I think, as Charlie, you've explained in the past, anytime we talk about someone's passing, it is a celebration. And on this day in 1995, Jerry Garcia, one of the lead founding members of the Grateful Dead, passed away. Charlie, I was at Grateful Dead night last week at the San Diego Padre game. I got to see the the cover band, the Electric Waistband, do their show. Bill Walton is playing percussion and unmiked vocals for this band. And... Uh, yeah, I've, I've fallen in love with the dead. I know your family is a big deadhead family. So talk to me. What is, what is Jerry's passing mean to you? I've got a lot of stuff to say about Jerry passing. Honestly, first I've got this, uh, doll, which is my mom has had for like 30 years, which is, this is Jerry Garcia. It sits next to me all the time while I'm working during the day. Um, but I have one especially fun story about Jerry that my mom tells all the time. And I really always thought this story was about me, but I found out recently it's actually about my brother. So I guess I'll tell it accurately that it's about my brother. But um, if you're not familiar with the Grateful Dead, the Grateful Dead do this thing over the past 50 years where they've been performing where halfway through the second set, they do what is called drums in space, which is the, the Grateful Dead has two drummers, always has, and they... They just kind of play around on the drums for like 10 or 15 minutes. The idea was something that people did when they were like tripping. Um, So like in the middle of the show, there would be this moment where it sort of breaks down and it's a little bit less musical and it's more like all these noises. And then they do space, which is space noises, which is funny. That's kind of a misnomer because space is silent, but they play like they play like little noises um, and like there's a light show. Honestly, space recently is epic. I space when I saw it the other day, Mickey, one of the drummers, he does like this techno set. It's insane. Um, but space is a big part of the Grateful Dead's history. Some people love it. Some people hate it. When I was little, sorry, when my brother was little, probably like four or five, my mom tells the story all the time that my brother sort of inquisitively somebody like getting into astronomy and being a little boy interested in what was above. He apparently, he like sort of tugged on my mom's shirt and went, mom, when does space end? And my mom, only thinking primarily about the Grateful Dead, responded, oh, whenever Jerry wants it to, which is just so funny because he was asking a question about like astronomy and the, and space. Where does space end? How big is space? And she thought that it could only possibly be about the sort of like LSD infused pew 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 noises event that they do. Um, and I just can't think about Jerry without thinking about that story because it's such a cute, such a cute story about my childhood. I was just at the Dead Show a few weeks ago and my mom was like, <laughs> when we were talking to people there, my mom was telling people that story then. And it's one of the most informative stories of my life and how I tell people that I grew up such a diehard deadhead because, um, 
my mom couldn't really separate space the concept from space the the thing that the Grateful Dead does. Charlie, that's a great story. I, I'm just into all the stories I'm hearing from your mom and how big of a deadhead she was. We got one more anniversary. I know we ran long on that one, but we got one more. That's okay. And this just, I don't know, Charlie, you had me laughing. So today, August 9th, is Rod Laver's birthday. Now, Rod Laver, tennis legend, undeniable, like Mount Rushmore type figure for the world of tennis. And over the years, I've actually gotten to know Rod a little, little bit. I've met him on a few different occasions. I was actually almost golfing with him last week, but instead I was recording the 7.31 AM podcast. But Charlie, as as we brought up Rod Laver's birthday, you had something pretty interesting for me. So what what's so interesting about Rod Laver to you? Yeah, well, so as you said, most people know Rod Laver from his tennis prowess, as they should. But then another thing that maybe another sport that he is really affiliated with that I think is so funny is if you Google, what are the best shoes for hacky sacking? It's not like there's discourse about it and people think maybe this is, if you Google it in the forums, they're like, you idiot. Obviously the best hacky sacking (laughs) shoes of all time are the Adidas Rod Lavers, which in my opinion, Adidas Rod Lavers are a super slept on shoe. Stan Smith's Mm -hmm. got super popular in the past 10 years and Stan Smith's are great, great shoe, but Rod Lavers have this sort of performance quality to them with the mesh and stuff that I love. And seriously, Google it. If you're listening to the podcast and you don't believe me, Google what shoe should you hacky sack in? And it's like, you idiot. The Adidas Rod. What are you never hacky sack before in your life? Of course, it's the Rod Laver. Between uh, our intro, starting with Jerry Garcia and then moving into the world of hacky sacking, I would say that this has not been a sober seven and a half minutes of this 731 AM podcast. No, this is a good one. This is one is reminiscent of the Green Street one where we were at the Weed Festival. This is sort of a, that's sort of the vibe this one yeah. gives. Good start. Well, Charlie, unfortunately, we're going to have to go from that into a sad story over in entertainment, but I'm going to let you take care of it. And as you have said in the past, you know, This is treated as a celebration, even though it is very sad news. Charlie, what do you got for me? Entertainment. Yeah, this one was such a bummer. We were in a meeting and somebody sent it to the chat and I saw the the news breaking of it. But um, unfortunately, Olivia Newton-John passed away yesterday. Olivia Newton-John was such a big part of my childhood. I feel like so many kids who were into musical theater, like Grease, was just such a mainstay viewing of my childhood. And so very, very sad to hear this news. She passed away at the age of 73 yesterday. But listen, go watch Grease today to celebrate her life, or also don't sleep on just the music she put out throughout her whole life. Like Elton, uh, when we were talking about it, was talking about Physical, that that song apparently was like one of the main songs um, his parents played growing up when he was cleaning the house. And so I think that's a super fun one as well. John Travolta, obviously her co-star in Grease, he said this nice thing about her yesterday. My dearest Olivia, you made all of our lives so much better. Your impact was incredible. I love you so much. We will see you down the road and we will all be together again. Yours from the first moment I saw you and forever, you're Danny, you're John. So that was a very, very nice send off for her. So listen to a little Olivia Newton-John today, watch Grease, celebrate her life. And with that, we can hop over into a little piece of gaming news. Well, it's actually gaming entertainment. Um, Pac-Man is getting a live action movie. They can't be stopped with the live action movies these days. They are just, they are taking, they can't find an animated piece of IP that they don't want to turn into live action. And Pac-Man, he's a, he's a circle, but I digress. Uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog movies have apparently actually been pretty good, so I, I understand the reasoning behind wanting to revamp all of these old games. Now there's another one coming to theaters near you, which is just a big yellow dot Pac-Man. Bandai Namco Entertainment and Wayfair Studios, um, which are the companies founded by Justin Baldoni and Steve Sarowitz, have come together to produce a Pac-Man movie. 
The movie is based on an idea cooked up by Chuck Williams, who produced the first Sonic movie, which if you don't know, people kind of loved the first Sonic movie. There was that first visual of it where he had the teeth that people were like, what the hell is this? Um, and then they redid it. And then when it came out, people actually liked it. So hopefully we'll get a good Pac-Man movie. I'm the live action Pac-Man could be pretty haunting looking as well, but I, I'll, I'll remain hopeful and optimistic. Bo, a lot of entertainment today. What This Tom Cruise announcement is super fun too. What did we find out? Yeah, Charlie. So obviously Top Gun Maverick, probably the movie of the year right now, undeniably the most successful movie of the year. And, you know, if you had asked me six months ago, what does the next decade of Tom Cruise look like? I really would not have had an answer. I, I don't know what my answer would have been to that question. I would have said, you know, there's a good chance he'll continue to do the finale of the Mission Impossible franchise. He has, it's called Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 and then Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2. I think they're going to close the franchise with those two movies. But outside of those, I, I really did not know what to expect. However, with the success of Top Gun Maverick, we now have what looks like a potential blueprint for Tom Cruise's future. And this is all in partnership with Christopher McQuarrie who has been a frequent kind of collaborator with Tom Cruise. We got three potential projects for Tom Cruise here in the near future. One of the future projects will be a musical slash dance uh, focused movie. And I think the idea or the idea that's being pitched is that they want to bring back superstardom to Tom Cruise and give him kind of that feel that, oh, I can do anything. The other project will be another big action blockbuster franchise piece and that's not necessarily unexpected and then finally perhaps even more surprising than tom cruise doing a musical a project focused and centered around his iconic character from the movie tropic thunder les grossman i don't really know what to do with this information but two of the three really caught me by surprise let's just keep it that way it's just like, this just demonstrates once you're as famous as Tom Cruise, they really, they'll let you do whatever you want. Whatever you want. You want to do a musical? You want to do a bit about this character from a comedy movie from 15 years ago, 10 years ago? Do it. Whatever, man. We'll throw a billion bucks at it. I'd love to see it. To call it a comedy character is pretty generous in itself. I mean, the guy appears in the movie for like a total of six minutes. Unrecognizable, wearing a fat suit with hairy hands, a bald cap. Uh, I, I don't even know where else it stops but uh yeah a lot a lot of fun in, in tom cruise world so charlie i got one more story over in sports that i want to get to sports and that is that tonight is the season premiere of hard knocks this has been one of my favorite shows probably for the last like two decades i have watched a ton of hard knocks i love this show and like being real th this could be a very interesting season because the detroit lions who the season will focus on they are coached by Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell might not be the best coach in the NFL, but he is certainly one of the more interesting coaches. Charlie, he consumes, I believe around 500 milligrams of caffeine a day. He drinks two uh, of the largest size Starbucks coffee drinks in the morning. And then he has like two Red Bulls in the afternoon as well. And this show is entirely dependent on the head coach to me. If you have an interesting head coach, you have an interesting season of hard knocks. The Lions are not expected to be very good this year, but uh, I don't think that's really going to matter. I think the show could be just as interesting, even if they are not very good. And I, I usually tune in for a good chunk of the episodes. I will probably be doing so this season as well. Have you ever watched Hard Knocks, Jar? I watched one of the earlier seasons, but I haven't really tuned in in a while. But I mean, you and Connor have both talked to me about the, his um 
his caffeine intake and it's it's intriguing so this one might this one might draw me in like this guy is really off the rails and so i'm curious to see how this he's gonna say some really dumb shit in this show and i'm kind of here for it that is it for today's episode for more details on these stores and more let's head to 137pm.com or follow 137pm on all social media platforms please hop into our discord you can chat with us you can give us some feedback we've been talking with 731am listeners for the last few weeks over on discord we will be back tomorrow as always remember stay curious <laughs>